Hey everybody, welcome to the Steelhead Nation podcast. Today, we talk with Danica Campos, and she is a hunter and angler from Prosser, Washington. She is a wonderful person, and we always thoroughly enjoy speaking with her, visiting with her any chance that we get. Um, If you have not followed her on Instagram, please do so promptly. We will put a link to her Instagram uh, in the notes on the podcast, but we had a great conversation about her journey in the outdoors and uh, how her family got uh, her into hunting and fishing and some of the things that she gets into. We hope you guys are enjoying this podcast and getting to know these regular people who are hunters and anglers and outdoor enthusiasts and people within the industry. We look forward to doing more of these. And without further ado, Danica Campos. Okay, Danica, thank you very much for joining us. Danica Campos is uh, here with us today on the podcast, and we are excited to finally do this, what, for the third time and try to get it right? Yep, you know, third time's a charm, so we're good. <laughs> <Right here. laughs> so, uh, how are things? How's life treating you? Good. Just uh, starting off the new year with work and trying to get some waterfowl hunts in here and there. So Here and there? Busy. I follow your Instagram, and you're hunting like every day, it seems like. <laughs> I try to just primarily do it on the weekends, but yeah, more or less. And it's been a hell of a season, right? It has been for what it's worth. Um, it's been pretty slow just with the weather. I mean, yeah. obviously, it'd be nice if we could get a good cold front in and some snow or something. But yep. um, for as much as we've gone out, it's been fairly productive. So it's been pretty cool to be on some pretty good hunts so far this season. Awesome. Well, tell the people who don't know... Uh, about who you are, who you are, and uh, where you're kind of where you're from. Um, well, obviously, my name, Danica, <laughs> um, but I'm 24 years old. I am in, I'm living in uh, Prosser, Washington right now. Um, I work out of the Tri Cities area as a um, sales rep for New Holland Agriculture. I sell tractors and equipment and stuff to a couple different farmers. Uh, I went to WSU, go Cougs, and <laughs> uh, I enjoy fishing and hunting and pretty much just a little bit of everything outdoors. So awesome. Well, um, so once again, we're introducing people to uh, via this podcast to the um, to the average everyday person, so to speak, that is uh, outdoors enthusiast. And I think that one of the one of the great things about this podcast is that we're not talking to the um, to the the social media famous people of the world we're talking to real folks that are out there doing it and i think that they have the most interesting stories and so one of the things that we want to do as we as we continue to do this podcast is is talk to folks like yourself and and kind of get your origin story and see you know how you got into the world of the outdoors and um that type of kind of beginning story. So I know that for you and your family, hunting and fishing is just a way of life. It's part of what you grew up with, but kind of explain uh, to the listeners how you got into, um, into hunting and fishing um, via your family and um, kind of where it's taken you along the way. Yeah. So um, I went on my first duck hunt when I was about two and a half years old. Um, obviously I'm the oldest out of my two siblings. I have my brother, Christian, he's 19 Mm -hmm. and my sister, Olivia, she's 16. 
Um, but being the oldest, being a girl, didn't stop my dad. He was mm. like, what the heck? I'm going to get this girl out there anyways. Yep. Um, and it was very memorable. I pretty sure I peed my pants. And, um, you know, two and a half, sharing my snacks with the dogs. Yep. It's changed on that end. But, um, yeah, I just, I've always been outside. That's what my dad's done. He's, growing up, was an avid waterfowler, fisherman, big game hunting, turkey hunting, everything you can think of. Um, so I was exposed to everything at a very young age. And um, obviously, once my brother joined, my sister, you know, trying to get everybody else out there as kids. Um, family, every family vacation we've had usually is a cabin somewhere. We go camping. We had a trailer. We'd go, you know, we went dirt bike riding, all that kind of stuff. So it's just been something I've been around my whole life, um, which I'm really fortunate for because a lot of people, you know, they feel like they're late to the game. And I think it's as long as you're out there, that's what matters. But um, yeah, just, yeah, I've been really fortunate to have the opportunities I've had. And the big thanks to that is my dad and my mom being supportive of us crazy kids going off with our dad in the middle of nowhere. So <laughs> pretty fortunate for that, too. Awesome. So. I got a question for you. I, I'm a father of two daughters, uh, one and a half and four. And um, my oldest, she likes to fish and I take her. And um, one of the things that one of the things that I'm trying to tactfully do is to prepare her for the inevitable, excuse me, inevitable. And that is that, um, you know, eventually she's going to be put in a situation if she continues a journey in enjoying the outdoors where um, she is, she is having to explain herself as a female hunting or, or fishing. I'm curious if your mom and dad um, ever, ever talked to you about the potential for you to be, for lack of a better term, marginalized in some way in a all male environment. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, aside from hunting and fishing, I mean, I also majored in agriculture, uh, which is also another heavily dominated male sure. industry. Yeah. And so I think I just I think it depends on your personality and the kind of person that you are. And you have that good foundation where your parents, they support you in whatever you do. And they never thought, you know, oh, you're a girl, you, you know it's going to be a little bit different. It's one of those things where they're like, Hey, if you want something, you can go do it kind of thing. And so I feel like I just kind of grew up with that mentality of being a female. This is just what I did. Yeah. I never thought of it differently. And I think a big part of it was just the whole social media. And then it's like, wow, you're being blown out of proportion. You go somewhere and somebody knows who you are and you're like, okay, this is kind of weird. Like I just am a girl who likes to fish. I don't think of myself any differently. Yeah. You no know, kind of thing. But, um, I just think the best thing you can do is just be supportive for her. And obviously, I mean, it, and it is cool because it's like, you know what? Yeah, you don't see a lot of girls out there doing this kind of thing or, sure. you know, taking the lead or, you know, it's weird when you pull up somewhere and she doesn't have a boyfriend or a husband with her. It's just me. And yeah. sometimes my wiener dog, like, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where people, it's like, okay, you know, kind of do a double take, but you know what? You have to embrace, especially if it's other people who understand your passion for what you're doing. It's like, hey, you know what? That's pretty cool. And I yeah. think it's one of those things where people just kind of respect you for it. And they, you know, usually it's people who do the same exact stuff. So they know why you're out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I think that, you know, I, my, my wife is one of four daughters. And so, uh, excuse me, um, 
three daughters. And so my father-in-law and I have had discussions and, you know, he, he's talked to all his girls about, you know, holding their own and, and just letting their actions speak for themselves, you know? And, and I think that that's a great way to approach it. You know, I, rather than, almost put them off by telling them like, eventually this is gonna, you know, somebody's gonna say something or whatever. Just tell them, look, you be you, do what you do and to hell with everybody else. Yes. And I think that was my other thing too, was growing up. I had that realization probably when I was about in middle school. I remember I had um, kind of doing like a show and tell thing. And I had brought these pictures of me that I was hunting with my dad. I was fishing with my dad or I was dirt bike riding. Mm -hmm. I'm like looking at all these other girls' pictures and I'm like, nobody else is doing this stuff that I'm doing. And I'm like, huh. And I kind of thought about it. And I was like, yeah, you know, like I'm the only girl that's really doing this kind of stuff, you know? And I think from there, it was just kind of always in the back of my head that I'm like, maybe I'm a little bit different, which is not <laughs> bad, but I was like, hmm, okay. But it was just one of those things where as I got older, it was like, okay, but it's just, it's another thing that I love to do. And I was so lucky to genuinely fall in love with something that has just become such a big part of my life now. You know, yeah, yeah. I can't think of, I'm like, what else would I be doing right now? Like, I mean, yeah, I might be freezing my ass off on <laughs> in a duck blind <laughs> in December or January, but it's like, what else would I be doing? Sleeping in or reading a book? I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know what else I do with my time. I'm just really fortunate that I kind of stuck with it over time. And yeah, I, I think that there's, <laughs> there's an unfortunate side to being a female, anything in a, do- in a male dominated sport, whether it's like, um, uh, race car driver or, um, you know, in this case, somebody who is uh, hunting or, or fishing. Um, it, it, there's, there's no mistake that it's, it's male. Those are male dominated sports. And so if you, you can't just be a waterfowl hunter, you have to be a female waterfowl hunter and you can't just be an angler. You have to be a female angler, right? Where yes. And, and I think that's a, that's a little unfortunate, but it's also, I mean, I understand it in a way because human beings like to classify people and, and it is, um, it's just, I, I think par for the course in some way. Um, but I think that it's, I think what's really cool about watching you and your adventures um, via Facebook and Instagram is that you you don't specifically call out the fact that you're a female anything. You don't put, you, you don't put um, emphasis on that. You don't, at least, at least that I know you don't belong to any like female hunting groups or female fishing <laughs> yeah, clicks no. or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you do what you do, and if you want to call you a female anything, I guess that's, you know, anatomically correct. But um, I, I, what I admire about you is that you don't flaunt that, so to speak. You're obviously a feminine woman, but you're not out there flaunting any aspect of that. And I think that's admirable. Thank you. No, and it's it's hard, too, because sometimes, I mean, obviously, especially with social media and everything yep. else, Everyone always blows up the bad things, I guess, or, you know, it's like, oh, everybody wants to focus on this girl's, you know, she's not wearing, she's dressed pretty provocative on the riverbank, or this girl is, you know, and it's like, look, those girls want to do what they want to do, let them do it kind of thing, 
Yeah. I've just always kind of been my own person. I do my own thing. I'm not trying to be anyone I'm not. It's like, look, if you're out there and you see me fishing, it's like, okay, it's a girl fishing. And it's like, yeah, guess what? I'm aware of that too. Trust me. Like, yeah. I did my hair this morning. I put it in a braid underneath my hat. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't have to go out there and be like, you know, yeah. hey, everyone, look at me. This is what I'm doing. And I'm a girl. Like, I just, I think there's enough of that. And I've never wanted to put myself in a different position because of that reason. And a lot of the people that I've been fortunate enough to hunt with over the years and stuff, I think they respect that about me. You know, it's not, it's like, Hey, you know what? Danica's coming with us. A, she's probably going to have snacks. <laughs> B, she's probably going to pitch in for gas money. She's out there helping, you know, throw out decoys or she's helping, you know, launch the boat or something. Like I don't want to be seen any differently than anybody else. Well, you know, and, and I want to be clear. And then when I say that is that I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that, with like female groups. I mean, you see them all the time on Facebook and Instagram and female, you know, where you've got um, groups of females that get together and they'll go out fishing or they'll go out and, and, and go hunting together. Cause I think that, I think that there is a, a value in that. There's a value in getting together with, with a bunch of women and, and sharing your experiences and all of that stuff. And, and I think it makes it easier for some women to be less intimidated, so to speak. Um, but I, I do believe that it is a harder road to just walk out there and say, Hey, I'm going to do this. I don't care if you, if I'm male, female, black, white, polka dot, purple, it doesn't matter. I'm out here to do this thing. And I don't really give a shit what you say. You know what I mean? I think yes. that's, <laughs> I, I, I think that's a harder road. And, and so that's why, that's why what I mean when I say it's admirable, but um, so uh, moving on to your experience fishing. Now you're in the, um, obviously the eastern part of Washington, um, your home rivers over there are a very different fishery than something we might experience over here on the Oregon coast. Um, yes. And I'm interested to know, I mean, obviously we have the ups and downs that we have with runs over here. Uh, how is, how are your, what are you seeing over on your side of the hill so to speak when it comes to your um your fisheries not just specifically salmon and steelhead but um you know walleye bass um everything that you have available to you over there trout yeah we definitely have a very diverse fishery um and i mean that's in any of our rivers honestly um i mean you can fish with sturgeon salmon steelhead you've got trout you've got bass you've got you know, there's so many things you can fish for. Um, and I guess it's one of those things that at the same time, it's kind of one of those big full circle things where there's certain species that impact or feed or, you know, on each other or other things. It's just kind of the life cycle. Yep. Um, however, obviously, a big heated thing is with mismanagement and yep. controlling populations and, you know, retention numbers and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's people who are avid walleye anglers that are like, you know what? our salmon and steelhead runs are depleted. Let's focus on walleye. And then you get these other guys that are like, Hey, let's give our salmon steelhead, our sport fishing, you know, guys a chance and let's try and, you know, kind of work on the walleye population a little bit. And so there's a lot of politics I want to say with. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it comes down to, and I don't want to say one's right over the other. No. Obviously, that's just any situation. Yep. There's, there's always going to be two sides. Um, and that is the first time that I think in the last six months that I've talked to anybody that has anything to do with just being an avid hunter and angler and or working in the industry that anyone has echoed my personal uh, view on it, that there's, there's a lot of gray area and there's two sides to every argument. Um, Most people just want to automatically put their foot down and take a side. And I think that's refreshing. Thank you for saying that because I I think that there are a lot of people who don't, um, don't listen enough. No. And I think if you talk to my parents, they'd probably tell you, what the heck, Danica actually stopped talking for two seconds to hear something. But contrary <laughs> to belief, I actually am also a good listener. But <laughs> I guess it's one of those things where it's, I also, when it comes to that kind of stuff, it's not that I feel like I need to voice my opinion. It's more of, I've always been one of those people that, you know, I have my opinion. I don't need to advocate it if somebody doesn't ask me i don't feel like i need to put it on facebook to make myself feel you know high and mighty and get on sure. my soapbox it's sure. one of those things where it's like hey this is how i feel if that's how you feel we can agree to disagree we can you know that's just what it is and i feel like people don't want to do that anymore it's well this is why i'm right and this is why you need to agree with me you know and yeah it's like, and, and especially you're gonna when, get that <laughs> especially when we're talking about um fisheries management or uh, waterfowl management um, any kind of wildlife management, it's it's important to sit down and hear all sides. What that, I mean, you you have a very unique position where you're in, and a lot of my friends in Northern California have the same position where they work in agriculture, but they're avid anglers, and yes. there are some there are some very significant battles between agriculture and wildlife management, um, fisheries management and water management all that type of stuff and um it can get it can get real ugly real quick when guys are sitting around having beers and one's a rice farmer and one's a fishing guy yes (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean i've definitely found myself in those situations and then not even in like the fishing aspect too but also in the hunting because you get these people who why i take pride in hunting because i know where my food's coming from but it's like i also know a bunch of these ranchers and I know what they're putting into their beef and it's not nearly as bad as what you hear or what you, you know, kind of thing. So it's one of those things, again, there's two sides to every story, Yep. you know? And so it's just a matter of, okay, can we really just set our prides aside and have a conversation or are we just going to argue at each other till we're red in the face and we're just going to be as grumpy as we were at the start of this conversation. So I think there's (laughs) personally sit down. That's just me. I like to hear other people's opinions. I like to see what they you know, what they think. I like to think their thought process. I like to see it full circle. And I'm like, okay, I get why you're frustrated. You know, this is why I'm frustrated, you know, kind of thing. And then just go from there. But so over on your, over on your side of the state, do you see a lot of clash between um, like water management, fisheries management and agriculture? Not as much just because most of our stuff over here, I mean, we have, we have a lot of orchard vineyard, um, yeah. So obviously that kind of stuff kind of can impact um, with yeah. runoff, making sure that there's proper distribution of irrigation, that kind of thing that collides a little bit that way. Yeah. Um, there hasn't been too big of an issue with that. The other one is like dairy runoff, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So it just kind of depends. Um, yeah. There's a lot to it, obviously. 
Yeah. We could do a whole other podcast on that. But uh, <laughs> as far as the whole ag thing. But yeah, I, I get that a lot though, as people are like, What do you think about this? Or how are you feeling about this? And I'm like, Let me get some water, let's get some snacks, maybe do this over yeah. dinner or something. Yeah. This is a conversation. I'm like, All right, let's get started here. Yeah. But it's just one of those things where it pays to know a little bit about everything. The biggest thing for hunting, fishing, agriculture, anything in life really is just education to me. Sure. Yeah. And so that's been one of the nice things is when people just ask you and it's like they genuinely want to know. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me actually tell you what's going on here that I've seen. You know, I'm out there. I'm dealing with these farmers. I'm also one of the people that's duck hunting or I'm also yeah. steelhead fishing in the same waters as you are. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I don't have a this is right, this is wrong, but it's like, this is what I'm actually seeing. So if you want facts, let me know. I, not, I might know a person. So. Um, so so today is the, uh, what is it, the 10th today of January? Um, 9th, 10th? I don't 9th. even know what day it is anymore. It's the 9th. Yep. Um, so it's the 9th of January, 2020. Brand new year, brand new decade. What are some of the things that you're looking to do um, new things that you're looking to do in 2020? Um, so kind of one of my just overall things every year is I try to at least either hunt or fish for a new species of fish or big yeah. game, anything really waterfowl, something, mm-hmm. um, or if not something like out of state, so like hunt a new state or fish some new water or something. Yeah. So, um, this year, I would like to hopefully, fingers crossed, check off an antelope. Oh yeah, uh, gonna try and put it into like Wyoming or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, fishing wise, I haven't thought about what I want to catch yet because I've caught <laughs> a lot of things in my days. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like last year, I got to catch my first albacore tuna, and I got to do a bunch of deck handing trips for that. So yeah. that was really cool. Um, but that was kind of my new fishery, essentially, that I got to kind of learn a little bit. Have you ever done a salmon fly hatch? I have not. So um, it's it's uh, fly fishing typically, uh, but you know, obviously. But there's um, in Southern Oregon. I I know uh, the Rogue has a decent salmon fly hatch, and then obviously the Deschutes has their spring, early summer salmon fly hatch, and goes for about I'd say week and a half two weeks where it's just just hopping and um you know a lot of people will go and float the deschutes for three or four days and it's just it can either be lights out or somewhat shitty but usually it's a it's a hell of a lot of fun and it's big giant bugs really hungry fat red band trout and um, the river temp- water temperature has been a little weird the last couple of years because of a couple of different reasons. And, and the hatch hasn't been that great. But when it's on, it's extremely fun. Um, so that's something you might want to consider uh, as, as a new experience because it, it's one of those float and fish situations. And, you know, go and camp for a couple of days in a new part of, of a different state and experience something completely different. Oh, definitely. That definitely sounds like a good time for sure. I mean, yeah. I've had a couple of buddies and friends I know that kind of do stuff like that. Yep. Um, I'm hopefully, fingers crossed, I'd like to join the 20-pound steelhead club. <laughs> um, so we'll see if I can get that together, if the stars align for me. But, um, you know, won't hold my breath. That's something I just always chase him, but every steelhead is as good as the last one. So. Yep, yep. 
really not too not going to complain if I'm out there. So yeah, we go down we go down every other year or so to um, the Heart Mountain Antelope Refuge down in uh, southeastern Oregon, and do a camp out down there um, for a couple days. And not only is it probably my favorite place on earth because it's, it's, I love the high desert of eastern Oregon, but um, man, those things are so beautiful. And, um, I know there's a couple guys a year that get to pull tags out that way. Um, and, uh, that's always been something that I've always wanted to do. They, there's some bighorn sheep out there and some other, um, some other big game, but that's, that's, uh, something that you might look into. Yeah, I know there's a, um, actually they introduced them up into, up right above where I live in Prosser, over it's called Horse Heaven Hills area. It's up in Patterson, kind of. Yeah. But they introduced antelope there a couple of years ago, and so it still kind of gets to me because it's one of my territories for work. But I'll be yeah. driving up there, and all of a sudden I'm like, "What the heck?" I'm like, "Did I just see an antelope?" And I'm yeah. like, "Yep." Which obviously <laughs> I have my vitals in my truck at all times. Yeah. So I yeah. Just, you know, some days I have to take a little gander, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to see some of the the wildlife up there. Uh, yeah, that that is a really cool part of the part of the state um i'm not personally a huge fan of western washington and the in the dreary uh rainforest side of the state i and to be quite honest i'm not a huge fan of the western oregon side of the state either even though it's where i live i'd much rather be on the east side where it's <laughs> where it's high desert and dry and cold um but yeah it's it's a beautiful part of the state. I used to do some work out there all the time. Um, all the apple orchards and stuff. It's cool. Yeah. And especially in the spring, summertime when everything starts to get green mm-hmm. and everything's blooming and you've got all this different fruit and diversity in your agriculture that I'm just like, Oh man, what a cool place that I've been able to call this my backyard. Growing yeah. up, you know, very cool. But it's also one of those things though. It's a very central area where, Hey, I'm going to go fish Idaho today. I'm going to go. Yeah this in Oregon today it's like I can go do that I can go to the west side in the same day and so that's what I've also like location wise I've always been able to do pretty much anything so when I deckhanded winter steelhead trips on the clear water I mean I can do that in a day and be back for dinner like it's awesome so it's been pretty cool to be able to grow up here that's great are you getting excited for winter steelhead oh yeah no I have been (laughs) everyone's like man you haven't done any steelhead fishing this winter and I'm like I know I've just been duck hunting and goose hunting and stuff but uh i'm hoping here in the next couple weeks um kind of get something together and maybe head over to the west side and try and fish some of the uh some of those cold waters and get some get some steelhead back well you know it's kind of hard to shake that waterfowl bug when you catch it oh yeah no it's i mean i've been on the go i get it up at 3 a.m and i go to sleep at 10 p.m and i do it again the next day and i'm like man you know one day it'd be nice to sleep in you know but (laughs) Like, why would I do that? That's just not fun. So, are you I mean, coming? It's like a short amount of time. So, are you coming over for the Portland Sportsman Show again? I will be there for Portland. I will be there for Puyallup. Um, so hopefully, run into you guys and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we will. We're not. We'll be in the Portland show for sure. Um, okay. So if you got some time, let me know because we'd love to have you hang in the booth again. Um, yeah. But yeah, well. Thank you for uh, 
talking with us and telling your story a little bit and sharing um, with everybody. I think um, I, I'm excited to do more of these with more people, but I'm finally I'm excited that we finally got to get this done because we tried to do it three times and, and <laughs> I screwed it up every time. So thank you, Danica. Um, if you haven't already followed Danica on Instagram, do so because it is quite enjoyable to watch her and her adventures and the rest of her family too you have a wonderful family that stops in and visits us every once in a while and i enjoy oh yeah Um, and tell your dad i need to get him that wrap on that boat oh yeah no he's uh he's been shopping around so trust me (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure it's bound to happen sooner than later so (laughs) awesome well thank you very much and you have a great evening and i appreciate you talking with us we'll see you soon have me bye bye Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and uh, send us some notes. Tell us what you like about it, what you don't like about it. We really appreciate your support. All of you guys who have followed us over the years and followed our, our content of any kind, you're the best. Once again, this is the Steelhead Nation podcast. If you'd like to be featured on the Steelhead Nation podcast, please send an email to alex at hhoutfitter.com and we will reach out to you and uh, try to get a conversation going. Make sure you head to the website, check out all the new stuff. We got the Yukon Tech hoodie. That thing is killing it. We got a new January pre-order for the Glacier Tea and hoodie, which is very, very cool and all kinds of good stuff. We hope that you guys had a great holiday and a great new year is upon us. We will talk to you soon.